Today, we are kicking off our Cycle 5 recap with a legend. We are going to be joined by Cycle 5 finalist and all-star winner, Lisa D'Amato. Yes, ma'am, Lisa D'Amato. We chat with Lisa all about her experience before getting into the top model house. We stroll down memory lane with Lisa, chatting with her about some of her best photo moments on Top Model. And Lisa spills all of the tea. I cannot wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. Stay tuned. Forever. Jay Coulee, are top model fans born or made? Hi, I'm Shay Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, girl, how are you doing this beautiful Thanksgiving week? Hi, I'm doing so fabulous. I am drinking my lime flavored Toca Chico sparkling water, which is the only sparkling water I'll drink. Did you know it's like really hard to find? I'm not on the TikTok, but apparently Topa Chico is a TikTok thing and it's very hard to get Topa Chico because of it. Top oh. You know, I actually just had Topa Chico just a few weeks ago at an event that was sponsored by Topa Chico. Did you enjoy it? Well... Yeah, but now I feel like the, by the amount of times that we've said Topa Chico in the beginning of this episode, we also should be sponsored by Topa Chico. Listen, I would love that because it is hard to get a damn crate of Topa Chico. And well, I, hey, I, if there are I, any representatives um, from Topa Chico who would like to um, help your girls out, send us an email at beontoppod at gmail.com. Yes. Are you excited for the holidays? You know, I am actually this year, you know, it's, it's been a wild couple of years. It's nice just to be able to, it'll be really great to safely get together and have a bit more of a normal Thanksgiving. How about you? Are you excited as well? I am. I am. We um, are finishing up our kitchen renovations and Mm -hmm. um, uh, my mom and sister and her boyfriend are going to be coming up here for Thanksgiving. And they're also going to be, Dan's family is going to be coming over for dessert. So our families are going to be meeting each other. Oh my gosh, how exciting. Isn't that wild that our families have not met each other yet? We've already bought a home together. <laughs> I like when you said that, like my I was so excited for you, so I bulldozed over it. But yes, let's let's unpack that. Like wow, why, why backwards that is. Why hasn't why hasn't that happened yet? Especially because they're all in the same state. I yeah, and I was literally about to say that too. Like literally his mom is like 25 minutes away and my mom is like um an hour away. Um but it's a lot of organizing there's a lot of organizing and like um gosh yeah no and i feel like uh both of our moms are very just like particular about how they want to like get together hang do things and so we normally just like spend time giving attention to one but we're all like the holidays it's easy and we have a place now so we're all like it's a good excuse for like our moms to be like well we want to come over so we were like aha now we're gonna get you all in the same room 
I love that. And bam, there you go. It's like Parent Trap. Like <laughs> that's gonna be so fabulous. Thanksgiving version. But you know what? Um, I'm I'm thankful. You know, for this beautiful home. I'm thankful for our families getting together. But I'm also really thankful that we are starting our coverage of cycle. Five of America's Next Top Model. Wow. How did we get here so fast? Wow. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to be like, well, we need to start giving some thanks to uh, Top Model because I am thankful for that. And and this, our, our podcast. And yes, you are right. We have reached an amazing milestone, Cycle 5 of America's Next Top Model. Um, the original air date of Cycle 5 was September 21st. 2005. In this cycle, they reduced the cast to 13 contestants and they are still living in LA. Five million people tuned into this premiere. And not only do we get new contestants, but we get some new judges. And I want to meet the models first because this cast is a these are some characters. I feel like yes. this cycle they were giving us character. So mm-hmm. we have Ashley, who is 22 from Fort Lauderdale. We have Ebony, 18, from Selmar, California. Cassandra, are you laughing at me? Because I couldn't <laughs> is it South Slaves? Yeah, I like Girl, that. I don't know what the places in California are named, but I enjoyed watching you try and process how you were going to pronounce Silmar. Well, and this is not a visual platform, but I'm sure you watched my brain short circuit a little uh, bit when I, yeah. like, my eyes twitched when I was like, Silmar? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. So <laughs> next we have Cassandra, the uh, Mia Farrow's Rosemary's baby legend. She's 19 uh-huh. from Houston, Texas. Sarah from 18 from Boonesville, Missouri. <laughs> Diane from Orlando, Florida. Corinne, 19 from Minneapolis. Uh, Kyle from Dexter, Michigan, our Dairy Queen. We have yes. Lisa D'Amato, legend from Los Angeles. Kim, 21 from New York City, our gay icon. Jayla from Tucson, Arizona. Bree from Harlem. Nick from Atlanta. And Nicole from Grand Forks, North Dakota. So, there's our cast. Who are your favorites? Who are we loving this first episode? Like, who is giving it to you? Okay, so I'm going to say that for me, it was straight off the bat, Brie, Nick, Lisa, Corinne, and... Kyle in there for a little bit of flavor. And by Kyle, I mean that is such a fucking lie. I meant to say Kim. Kim. I was definitely rooting for Kim. I felt like because she didn't have that, I just wanted her to win. I just really did. I was like, she was a fierce lesbian representation that we needed on this cycle. I mean, I live for the representation, but how tall was Kim again? Because she wasn't selling tall for me. I don't think, honestly, I feel this like Kim cycle, was on the short side. This cycle was kind of a shorter cycle. I did get to see all their height. Because um, I know Brie was short too, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, while I get look that up, we also got some new judges this panel. Um, we got Twiggy, who replaced the beloved Janice Dickinson, which was 
honestly kind of devastating. And then Miss J joined the panel to replace our other beloved Nole Marin. Yes. I really love, I mean, Miss J was definitely a great add on to the the panel yes i mean we love um diva nole marin um but i feel like miss j's placement on the panel was really great because you have somebody who on multiple occasions will be um in the field with the models on shoots and runway challenges but then also see how they perform at panel. So um, she gets to have like a little bit more of an enriched experience with the girls to be able to judge them. Yeah, which I thought was a, a, you know, great insider. Like I really liked that she was able to be on the field with the girls and um, be on panel. What did you think of Twiggy? Because this is her first cycle. She does stay for, I think, three, four cycles. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, I... Was not familiar with Twiggy prior to um, this cycle. And I was grateful for the history lesson um, in learning how Twiggy was such a trend setter when it came to modeling. Um, she really brought in being thin and twiggy and lengthy because like you know you think about kind of like up to that point like 50 silhouettes women were much more curvy kind of Mm -hmm. bullet bra tiny waist more like voluptuous hips and like twiggy came in and she was just all like bam skinny legend yes i do i did not know much about twiggy either i do remember the picture with the eyelashes i definitely seen that multiple mm-hmm. times prior to her being on the show. So that was like kind of nice to put a name to that face. But I was also not familiar with the history of Miss Twiggy. I mean, I thought she was a great judge. Yeah, I still genuinely, I'm thinking and I'm like going back and I I honestly don't feel like that photo was even in my consciousness prior to Top Model. I feel like Top Model really did introduce me to Twiggy. I think I'd seen it a lot on VH1, but whatever. Um... Let's just talk about the whole cycle in a whole. Um, do we have any moments that stand out? You know, we just are off of cycle four, which has such oh yeah, there's so many um, culture historic yes. moments. Um, is there anything in t- cycle five that we're really excited to get into? I can't wait to talk about the Red Bull. Dum, dum, dum. The Red Bull. <laughs> the Red Bull. I'm very excited to talk about as well. I mean. I would love to talk to Brie about it, but, yes. you know, yes. we'll see if the cards are in our future. We also have, like, Cassandra's hair. I mean, you have said Mia Farah, Rosemary's baby on this podcast already more times than once. Oh, my so. God. Do we retire it after this cycle? No. No, because you still say kidding. it in real life. You I know. I really to. do. I was like, just I would, like I, as soon as it left my mouth, I was like, no, that's impossible. I'm not doing that. Um, they also go to London this cycle, which definitely f- was really fun. Um, what did you think of their trip to London? You're all right. I was. I will admit, I am still traumatized from that bird challenge they had to do, where they had to hold <laughs> the plates. I uh, would not have enjoyed that at all because those were like they were like Real pigeons. like they like, were like l- like i mean i'm sure they probably were like 
I don't know. No. No, no. I don't think I could do that. Birds just poop too much. They poop too freely. Like, in the... I feel like with this chocolate complexion, they would confuse me for a real-life tree branch and, like, literally shit on me. (laughs) I don't... I wouldn't. I would not be happy. I would not do that either. Landing Um, on my head? No. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. But, look, I'm so excited to kick off this cycle because we have a very special guest that we brought on to chat with us today. Today, we are going to be joined by a top model legend. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will chat with Cycle 5 and All-Stars winner, Lisa D'Amato, about her time in the top model house. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are kicking off our premiere of Cycle 5 of America's Next Top Model. And we are super excited about today. Today, we are chatting with a top model legend, a reality television star, someone who came into the top model house wanting to be a fashion Model. I am so excited today to welcome to the show Cycle 5 finalist and All Stars winner, Lisa D'Amato. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Hi, Hi. thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Um, You guys are fabulous. Say, don't even get me started. Like, are you kidding me? So, you know what? Hey. Such a pleasure to be here and to have you on today. Like, longtime fan, first time Zoom call Thank podcast you. recorder with you. I just like, we have so much to cover on today's episode. But what one thing that like we always like to do is like, because Top Model has like such a specific chokehold on like the cult, the early two thousands like cultural zeitgeist that like anybody oh, yeah. that was alive during that period of t- of time or just aware of what was going on with pop culture was definitely watching or familiar with what was going on in the world of Top Model and. My like my experience with uh, reality television, as far as like participating as Drag Race, you know, we get maybe like one season. Well, typically one season a year. They're actually starting to come out a little bit quicker now. But like, Top Model had just started two years prior to season five even coming on. We were just two years into the franchise at this point, and so much was going on. You know, last season in Cycle 4, we had the really iconic, you know, Be Quiet Tiffany of it all. We had the Rebecca fainting and panel because, you know, of her synapses not fire. You know, so many just, like, crazy things. So... For you, I, I want to know, yeah. <laughs> prior to auditioning for Top Model, did you watch the show? No, and I don't mean that to be mean to the show or anything. I just didn't watch television at all. I was such a crazy, um, bald-headed artist that was like, destroy your TV. I was um, <laughs> making racks of like um, reversible hoodie raincoat um, wife beaters sweatshirt dress 
thing for dogs. And I, I they were, I, yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And they were in like Bart, Mar- they were in uh, Chateau Marmot. They were in Tailwaggers. They were in um, sure all the like parking lot. Like they, I was a designer. Big yeah. And, and then at the same time, I had, I was touring um regularly like the the last two years before going on top model with sebastian care international and i was bald yeah and i was like making all these like amazing like paintings and like around my apartment you know i was um i was just such a free artist and i had this side gig when i would be back into town and i would waitress at um killer shrimp in studio city and the girls, my sisters that worked there, I call them my sisters because we were like the bestest of friends mm-hmm. and we never had management. We managed the restaurant together too. And it was like super goth. You had to wear red lipstick and we wore all black. It was so fun. And I was bald and I was like, I'd wear big hoop earrings and like the bright big red, red lips every day. And I was just an artist, you know? Uh-huh. And the girls were like, you have to go on this show because you would do it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, it sounds horrible. And they're like, but you've been modeling since you were 12. And it's true. I was modeling um, for Teen Magazine, Sassy Magazine, 17, Delia's in New York. I lived in Milan. I I lived in New York when I was 15 by myself in models' apartments. Top model facts. Wow. Wow. I, I I was doing runway for guests. I was doing... LA Fashion Week every single season. I was booked all the time and also traveling around the world with Sebastian Care International where they would do, they would continue to do this art segment in all of their live shows. Sometimes I'd come down on harnesses like in these huge stadiums and they're like, are you okay with this? And I'm like, I'm a gymnast. I love it. I'm also a gymnast. Yes. Um, So, and, and they do these like zipper, like smoke coming out of zippers out of my bald head and um they glue zippers I would literally be traveling all over on different planes like like bouncing on planes to different locations to like New Zealand and Australia and the crew would be like you're gonna wear the zippers like on the plane on your head and I was like well isn't it easier easier just to leave it on and then like just fix it when we get there and they're like yes and I was like well then let's do it like I don't care I think it's cool like I would go through all these airports and the first blue to this bald head of mine. And it was just, you know, that's who I was. And so when I went on top model, like when they, the girls at my, at the restaurant killer shrimp, they all um, got all the paperwork printed out, like in between tables, they would fill out a question each. It'd be in different markers, different pens, you know? Um, and they filled out all my paperwork. I'm wow. not kidding. Um, <laughs> And so was it just like, was it like, would you say like interview type questions that they were doing? Or was it just like general, just kind of like uh, typical paperwork, you know, about like where you live, where you from, yada, yada. It's so long ago. I don't remember. I remember one. Because did you have to send in an audition tape? Yes. So my friend, Christina, who worked at the restaurant, she came to my apartment. She's like, she's like, Lisa, come on. Like we finished the paperwork. Like. I remember one of the questions on the paperwork, by the way, is, was, um, what's your favorite food? And one thing that someone always made fun of me for was that I made like the, the grossest, like Ezekiel toast. Like I eat so healthy. Um, I came from, 
uh, a, a childhood and a teen model of like eating disorder. So mm-hmm. to build my body back to healthy at that point, I was just overly healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I was like annoying to my friends. Yeah. Anyway, there's this really horrible gross toast that I would make. And I put Ezekiel toast, which is like such a joke to that question. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, that's not my favorite food. But that landed in like an entertainment weekly of like Lisa D'Amato's favorite food. And I was like laughing because I was joking, you know? Um, And I was like, I can't believe that landed in entertainment. Like whatever. It was was from that that fill out question form thing. Mm -hmm. But like, okay. So my my friend Christina, she's like, Lisa, are you home tomorrow? Because we have to send in this tape. Um, just let me come by, like whatever you're doing, we'll just like do whatever. She, I'm a pro on camera. So it wasn't like she had, mm-hmm. if I wanted to be silly or funny, I was a professional model actor. You know, I was booking H&M commercials, Target, um, yes. you know, international. Sometimes I made so much money on, on international residuals. Like I was like, holy crap. Um, I would do so much charitable things with it. I was like, a, I was a good person that was like <laughs> talented and um experience you know yeah Um, I mean I feel like it absolutely uh showed through in your modeling that you were well-traveled cosmopolitan artistic uh imaginative connected because honestly as like a viewer um I will never forget when you guys had to do um the 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 dual photo shoot where you guys were at the farm, right? And it was you and, and it was Ebony. My and, best friend. And you he guys were literally just at uh, uh, a fence, this wooden mm-hmm. fence. And the way that you interacted with that wooden fence, like, I still get oh, snaps to this day. And I remember being a young viewer and being like, it's it was kind of like one of those things, you know? Where I like, cause I, I grew up doing theater the and all on. kinds of, yeah, exactly. You and, see the turn on. I remember like one thing that when my, my director would always say, she's like, you know, there's like, and you hear it all the time. It's very cliche. Like there's no small parts, like only small actors, you know? And I feel like typically somebody would look at a kind of like rotted wooden fence post and be like, uh, what am I going to do with this? And the way that you created just such a beautiful story, like a, almost like a ballet and it all just like transferred through into that image. I remember being like, wow, this, this, this girl can really turn it on. She really has something like that, that extra special that like je ne sais quoi and hearing you, you know, talk about all your experience in like art and music and um, being a gymnast. I was like, it all makes it, you know, it all makes sense in the way that you were able to interpret these briefs so well. Well, when, when uh, I remember Tyra would be like, what is she? And I know that she knew but then also on the show, they told me never to talk about my experience, but the mm-hmm. other girls all knew that I was, uh-huh. but they didn't want me to actually mention it because I was like, oh, they're probably going to want to like take mm-hmm. um, credit for it or whatever. And I was like, what? I don't, whatever, you know, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to pretend that I don't, but if you don't want me to mention it, then fine. Like if you, like, I remember mm-hmm. having a conversation with them being like, I'm not going to pretend to do bad. So if you guys don't want me to mention that I'm experienced, Mm-hmm. That's fine, but I'm not about to dummy down like how like training. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and so that I think that actually causes a lot of the problems for me in the house for multiple reasons. Um, because it's also a competition. Uh, mm-hmm. and 
it being a competition, girls being jealous, and also just, mo- I don't want to say it like the assumption that people are jealous of me, but it's a modeling competition, and I have a lot uh-huh. of experience, and that's a fact. Yeah. But the second, the second thing is that I'm confident with it, um, but also I would tell them, like, it's not your fault that you you know, you know, like I, if I can help you, I'll help. Like it's all about creating shape, you know? Yeah. And so we did get into that a little bit on the show. You could see it. And, um, the girls all listened to me in like the, what is it called? Um, like during casting, they were like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like they would be like, Lisa, like help, you know, they'd be like, is this okay, Lisa? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, great. You know? Um, Cause how old were you when you went into the competition? 24. 24. Yeah. You were, mm-hmm. I don't want to say you were, older. you were older. You were definitely, I think yeah. the next person Which, behind you was 21. Like I think in the list, I don't think anybody was older than 22 on your season. And honestly, it's so no, crazy because when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, 24 okay. is still so young. So it is young. so young. But you back know? then, 15 years ago, people were like ruder about that. Like it was oh, yeah. so insane. Totally. I was like, I'm 24. I'm not going to let me, I'm not going to like let people think that I'm, I should be ashamed of my age because I'm working and I'm uh-huh. doing great in my, like, 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 you know, it's weird too. And I was just trying to think of this, like before going on, they told me that I had to get rid of my agent and that I did because I was like, okay, well, I'll follow the rules. It's in the contract. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, you're gone for two months. They could have just like booked you out for two months. And then you could have walked right back into your whole situation that you created and worked for yeah exactly exactly and and they 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 made you not have that you know you could go back and ask them but my agents were like lisa we had so many things like we built your book for the seasons ready and then you pull on like just dip like we didn't get any warning or anything because when you're a working model and you're in circulation Mm -hmm. you know like it was i remember um i was about to book swarovski crystal um fashion show for LA Fashion Week and it was like in Barney's and um like I couldn't do it and my agency was so pissed you know and so it's interesting in retrospect you know that was a high paying yeah that was like a one runway show it was like $3,500 yeah and I was like sorry you know I felt horrible but I was like if I can if I could I was a working model that was in magazines all the time. Right. But mm-hmm. nobody knew my name. You know, I was mm-hmm. in commercials, but nobody knew my name. Yeah. So just in the industry and always wanting to be a star and knowing that this show is, you know, when I went on, I remember like, I'm not like dumb, you know, I was like, well, Adrian Curry's like in all the tabloids. She's dating that Brady guy. Uh-huh. And I was like, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's a lot of press around her name and, and I didn't hear anything negative except for that. At that point, I remember something came out that she didn't get her prize money yet. And I was like, well, that happens, you know, because I was yeah. just in the industry. We know uh-huh. that. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then Naima, like she was like such a cool winner before me. I didn't watch her cycle. I remember some, I think I was at my, my friend's house and like Naima's winning moment was like on TV before we were about to like go out, you know, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, you know, like I didn't know yet. I don't think if I was going to go on the next season, but I remember uh-huh. watching and I was like, that was so beautiful. And she's such a cool looking girl. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so, so that was my image, even though they told me that the girls fought in the mall, I was like, Oh, because it's a competition and also it's modeling. And I was like, I live in models departments all over the world. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can handle this, you know, yeah. like, I know how this goes. 
Uh-huh. No, I did not know how it goes. Why'd you do that, Tyra? Because this is reality <laughs> TV, and I got sideswiped, like, all day, every day. And then when I started touching a little bit of my um, years, you know, like, trying to figure out, like, the momentum and the energy of what's happening and what's happening yeah. to me. Like, what are they doing to me? Um, that's when a lot of panicking started happening, but you can't see me panic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, because there definitely, the there is a rhythm. And like, when it comes to like, you know, doing like a reality television competition and, there's this, there's a while where, you know, you're kind of coming out of the real world into this scenario and you're so used mm-hmm. to these, you're trying to relate back to all these real world experiences that you think will help you in this situation, not realizing that the world of reality TV is so far from the norm so that you have to spend so much time kind of like catching up and figuring out what this like new yeah. reality is. and yeah. uh, also like while you're being filmed you know and you kind of have to try and navigate that to the best of your ability and it could be really really difficult for some people it was it was um you know I'm I'm very I I'm I at this point you know in my career in my life when I went on there um to me I thought I was fine you know like I came from a lot of childhood trauma but like Mm -hmm. I was I never had any therapy but um you know with the psychological evaluations before going on and like also um the multiple therapy sessions that they give you I thought that they were trying to like they were going to like help me, you know? Oh, um, uh, okay. So you had to do a psyche val like in your casting process and answer a bunch a of those major, questions. It was like a, like multiple days process. It was a big deal. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And even if like a lot of people go, well, you shouldn't have told them all your trauma for them to weaponize against you or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but that's not true because you take these uh, psychological evaluation of like multiple choice, like thousand uh-huh. question tests. Yep. Yeah. And I'm they familiar. know how to edit you just from those by questions like if you see someone getting hurt, like an innocent person getting hurt, would you stand up to them? A. B, would you walk away, mind your own business? It's not your problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, C, would you like make sure to notify somebody or four, D, none of the above, you can't relate, you know? Yeah. And these mm-hmm. you do like so many of these things. It's like a scantron. Mm-hmm. So they know like the bitch is going to be the one that's going to stand up shit, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fascinating. It's now in retrospect, looking back at all of that, like I'm realizing now that like I walked right into the lion's den, you know? And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really hard thing to manage because, you know, after all these years and after all the therapy and reflection and um, truth speaking and really looking straight into like this, what happened on season five in the public arena of it being perpetuated and repeated and in the echo chamber of the fandom. So if I want a life online, like I've already, you know, I've, I've, I guess, realized and accepted that I'm just going to be bullied forever over a false narrative of who I am, you know? And it's, I don't know if you go through that, but like, for me, I'm just like, what the fuck? If I get called an alcoholic bitch, like for the eight 
millionth time, like I might explode. And I've, this is somebody coming from therapy. That's like, yeah. you know, I told recently I told my husband, I'm like, um, well, there's two things when I actually got well with like, um, all the trauma therapy and realizing, like, I didn't know the labels that you would call the things that they did to me in the, uh, in the interview, you know, to uh-huh. me, I was like, they were just picking on me and they kept bringing up my childhood trauma. And, I, and mm-hmm. now they're like, that's gaslighting. You know, when yeah. you get into therapy, mm-hmm. you start realizing, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's abuse. And they're like, yeah, yeah baby, that's abuse. And then I get mad, you know, yeah. when you're in the process of therapy. So anyway, I got super mad and I got through it and I built through it. And then you realize, mm-hmm. like, obviously with closure, you want to be able to have therapy with the person that created this, right? You want mm-hmm. them to like have accountability. And I'm like, well, it's reality TV. I can't do that. Tyra's not going to ever like sit down with me, mm-hmm. you know, um, or Ken mock or anything. But um, I'm like, well, maybe I can flip the script with the fandom. Like we yeah. have social media. Like what if I mm-hmm. just go straight into the pain uh-huh. <laughs> and be like, you guys don't know me. Can I please reintroduce myself to you? Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not a bitch. And like, there's so many, th- like sometimes a lot of the fans go, um, Lisa, I hear you. And that makes a lot of sense, you know, because I've been sprinkling truth into social media and on my TikTok and like Mm -hmm. um, walking people through what was actually happening, you know, in certain scenes on cycle five Um, cycle, like the all-stars is a whole nother bag of beans, but um, yeah, you know, and they're like, but this scene, you're, you're so bitchy right there. And I was like, okay, that part where I'm like flying in the superhero and there, and I Mm -hmm. go, I don't think anyone's going to do better than me. Right. Yeah. I say that mm-hmm. straight to camera. And then that's like first up first, like right when you get to know me. And you're like, uh-huh. this is a bitch. Yeah. I said, I don't think anyone's gonna do better than me because I've been doing this forever. And that's yeah. when I lo- like started learning that they're like, Oh, we don't want you talking about that. I'm like, Oh. And then so they already had it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I never mm-hmm. said it to be mean. I said it because like I I didn't come from working at Dairy Queen. In the, in, you know, up in Wichita, you know, like yeah. I come from Los Angeles, Hollywood. I have been going to like three, four castings a day in the industry, in Hollywood, pounding the payment since I was 12 years old. Yeah. So like, I, I'm experienced. I'm not You're like, that's half this. of your lifetime yeah, <laughs> at this point that you've been like there. working. Yeah, absolutely. And that, so anyways, and, that's that, yeah. and I feel like honestly too because just like as somebody else who's like been on reality tv it's really crazy to know how sometimes like these fans can be and i always use like the term like fans lightly because it's just like you know they're fans of the show not not always necessarily the participants and the 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 contestants um and they forget that that like you are in this situation, you're filming hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and oh, hours and, and hours. testing you through it, too. So they'll, like, make sure that you aren't eating, you know, yeah. hours before it and, like, putting different scenarios in different girls' heads so that you guys are fighting. Like, they, put, they sprinkle so many other things that will agitate you while you're working for 14 hours out of that day. 
And when you boil it down to an hour episode, of course, all you're going to get Mm -hmm. is what is like the most heightened moments of this reality when they're what you don't see happen is there's like a lot of resolve that happens between the contestants Mm -hmm. and talking and relationships that you don't even see really actually form in the show. But you're like, oh, yeah, I was really close with this person. Me and this person were really good friends, you know, and it's uh, Mm -hmm. always so interesting to see what actually makes it and what's left on the uh, cutting room floor. Well, season five was definitely like, what is Lisa starting now? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you guys remember, like, I've never explained this part and I was rewatching things because obviously I'm diving back in so that I can start relating it through, you know, social media now because now we can be so self-expressive and so easy. Um, Do you remember when we were at the Smashbox studios and Corinne is like so mad at me and she like, tells she finally like gets the nerve to tell me that she doesn't want me to talk to her and she wants nothing to do with me and that's when she called me an alcoholic (sighs) it's like the big thing that has Mm -hmm. crippled my um my character for 15 years okay so listen to this that whole scene was when she finally came and told me that I had found out because I asked her too. I was like, why do you hate me so much? I've literally like only tried to help you through this. Uh And she's like, the producers are telling me like, you're saying all this horrible stuff about me. And I was like, oh my God, don't believe them. And then the other girls were like, yeah, they're saying, they told me that, that you're doing that too, Lisa. Like why you're our competition. Why would we believe you? And I'm like, Corinne, I don't hate you. Like, please don't hate me. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to. Like you being upset with me, it's it's not a good look for either of us. Like I was trying yeah. to talk to her. You mm-hmm. see the edited version, but in that yeah. part, we are talking about production and how production is lying to all of them. And I'm trying so hard to defend myself. And I knew that all the girls, like, wow, imagine me going through that. And then all the girls are like, why would we believe you? And they chime in and I'm like, shut the fuck up, Kyle. Like, no one's talking to you. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh nobody's listening to me and then um you know when she, uh, I was like you I was trying so hard because I knew that I could feel that they were doing the same type of like hurtful um like weaponizing her trauma in her interviews too because mm-hmm. she kept getting like and I was trying to help her and uprise her but also be like honest about the industry you know when they're like yeah. tell each other like what's wrong with your your bodies or whatever i remember saying before i was like you guys if they want us to like tear each other apart um we still have to be honest about the industry and what their perceptions of us are or expect or expectations mm-hmm. so this is actually a really healthy exercise you know like you know for me i can be cross-eyed if you look at like straightforward you know mm-hmm. like i know these things like you have mm-hmm. to know your angles so when they showed me so willing right like so excited to tell people's like flaws I'm like no this is this is what it's all you have to still know you still have to know like what you're bringing to the table yeah like what you don't you know so for me I was like what is happening here you know this was like a Uh I just felt like I was getting so um geared in like like pushed in the wrong direction I remember I walked outside to like have a cigarette and I was like I know all of them are just talking shit about me right now you know when you realize that like this isn't going well (laughs) yeah 
And I'm like, nobody's believing me. Now everyone's hating me. I literally have just been trying to help. And now all of this is coming to bite me in the ass because I am more experienced because they are threatened, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm a mama bear deep down. I'm a Libra. So I love to like fix things and help people. And um, I think it's so devastating. The cycle five was uh, as much as, as fun as I was, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, people still found me as a very fun, loving personality. But Yeah. Because and- I mean, I, as a fan and watching the show really just found you to be extremely entertaining and Aww. fun. And, and this is when I was like younger and much more succe- susceptible to reality television edit. I feel like I still, um, saw through that and was able to like see like the joy and the fun loving personality that you are. And I feel like it, you know, it even shows through here, you know, in chatting with you today. Um, and I, and I want to, uh, and I, and I want to chat with you a little bit more about some of these, um, iconic photos, but we're going to take a quick break, um, and hear a message from our sponsors and we'll be right back. We are back and we are chatting with the legend and inventor, Lisa D'Amato. Now, uh, during the cycle, we got some really fun photo shoots. And uh, I want to take a trip with you down memory lane with just to go over some of these amazing photos. Now, um, uh, I already gushed about this one earlier in the interview, but I do want to go over the ranch. Yes. The ranch (laughs) photo shoot, um, with you here, uh, at this fence. Can you, um, just talk me a little bit through, uh, this day and what this, uh, shot was like for you? Yeah. So that was one of our, uh, I was really excited to go there. I knew it was going to be a high fashion photo shoot. So I was really excited. And then, um, they paired me with, um, Ebony, who was my best friend at the, in the house. Mm-hmm. And, um, she knew that I was super experienced and she was, um, she was, she was, a uh, you know, a little nervous, obviously. And like mm-hmm. her and I, we would constantly go, uh, Ebony and I would constantly be like, I'm going to win this if I, if that's all right with you. And she, and then she'd do it back <laughs> to me. Like, no, I'm going to yeah. win this if that's all right with you. So we were playing, playing a lot on being super competitive to each other. Like it was uh-huh. like our, our shtick because yeah. we were, um, like she was my best friend in the house. So I, yeah. it was just fun to be over competitive with like your back. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember there's a scene right before we go up where I was like, yeah, you have bigger boobs. And so like, they, they don't think the dress is going to fit you, you know? And that was me just playing with her, uh-huh. but it looked so oh. mean. And I was uh-huh. like, oh. <laughs> and um, it's like when you I add the right it. music and like the right editing mm-hmm. it could take like the humor out of a joke and make it look like you know it's just straight shady i know sarcasm is so wasted on reality tv <sighs> oh, wow. yeah 100%. i have to and check so my sarcasm sarcastic. same i have to check it a lot like you know i had to realize that in like doing drag race and like going on mm-hmm. all stars to like try and check my own sarcasm because it does it in the moment it like when you're no. receiving the energy so you know moment. but like on tv editing, mm, mm. Do not be sarcastic <laughs> in editing they will flip that eight ways till 
Thursday to like bite your ass big time. So yeah, yes. I was playing with her. Um, but I, the thing that, that I remember the most about this was I started to see how slanderous um, these photo shoots were because um, Ebony was, she was, her, her, her brain was throbbing. Because oh yeah. Brain. She was in the chair so long. Cause this is right so after long. you guys got your makeovers. Did you like your makeover? Um, I think I did. I didn't like the way they first styled it. And then when I put my fingers through, I was like, huh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, for me, I was bald for like two years. So like, mm-hmm. hair, I didn't even care about hair. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, with Ebony, like she had, she could have just like put it behind her, you know, and then it would, you could see that it would fly behind her. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So, like in a moment, in a move, I was like, there's the shot, like that part when she like yeah. falls into it with her hair uh-huh. and I would see it. And then when I, when I was realizing that they, he kept saying like, flip your hair. Um, she, she only needed to do it like twice because they knew how bad it hurt. And it uh-huh. was, there was like, there was like some wind. Uh-huh. And so the, there was, there was, there was enough for the fluid look, you know? Uh-huh. So when I noticed that they kept telling her to flip her hair, I was like, they're doing that because they know it's killing her. Killing her. Yeah. You know, and they have the stop. Like, this yeah. Oh, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was watching it and right then and there, I was like, so this is how this goes, you know, like yeah. the, the, before that it was the superhero, right? So mm-hmm. the superhero one, it was more understandable that they were like, um, I guess kind of like perpetuating their fears, you know, because mm-hmm. it was, they were flying. So I was like, well, of course it's production. Like, of course they're going to like do that. I get it. Yeah. And then with the ranch, I was like, this is just mean. Like that's yeah. just mean to do to her. And then I was like, you know, you kind of, for me, I'm a chess player at that time too. I was like, um, dating. I was with this guy for three and a half years. Guys, he looked just like, uh, Johnny Depp, just so beautiful. Work. And he was a master chess player around LA. Like I'd have to go find him at like Dunkin Donuts. And he'd be like, I just wanted 50 bucks. Like he, it was <laughs> gnarly. So I was playing chess, like whenever I was off or painting or, uh-huh. You know, and I was a, I was a wardrobe stylist. I I designed Baby Faces World Tour with um this woman named Terry Velaza who was so amazing and yeah and would make like all the the dancers outfits that would be one outfit that was all the snouts and velcros like when they did a turn would turn into another outfit. So like I couldn't Fierce. have been I couldn't have been more creative uh-huh. before going on there. But you know I wasn't schooled even though I was schooled in the entertainment industry and productions and stuff like that, I wasn't schooled in reality TV at all. It was my first reality show. Uh So I was like, I was also still green as the girls when it came Mm -hmm. to the reality part, Mm -hmm. the reality TV part. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized, oh my God, like as things got further and further and further, I realized like, oh my God, they're trying to destroy me. Like they're trying to literally destroy like every single morsel of, my heart and soul by the way that they were attacking my childhood trauma and to not like, you know, that's the ways on you. When someone brings you back to those places, Uh it's really hard to get out of there. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it was like a pinball machine. Then it's just onto the next thing where they hurt you, hurt you, hurt you, hurt you, hurt you. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And so I, I would drink wine to kind of relax my nerves. That's the mm-hmm. only intention I had, I swear. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, I got, I got trashed, you know, even when I was talking to like cousin it, um, that's that one of my favorite moments though. Can you say, can you say legendary? legendary? Well, you know, for me seeing that perpetuated on television in mm-hmm. 180 countries on repeat, uh-huh. that is gaslighting me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all of my, uh, fight or flight moments around mm-hmm. cycle five of trying to survive yeah um being picked on in every le- in every level I mean, yeah. I, know I went on the show and i told them that i'm like the strongest person in this thing like i'm the strongest person in this thing and yeah like, i still i still believe that um but i remember i felt so attacked that like the only way for me to like express myself was to at least somehow get my story told or my reaction told or mm-hmm. you know like hopefully the editing will 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 tell my side of the story mm-hmm. and in a way it kind of did mm-hmm. but i have to walk you through it again yeah it's not through their editing it'll be through mine but everything they did they did air yeah know? exactly like the, wasn't it my grandpa had just died and I was trying to t- go outside and I was having a, like a mental breakdown. And I was like, grandpa, like I was so close to him. I took care of him. And I was like, grandpa, please send me a sign. Like, what do I do here? Like, I don't know what to do. And then I heard like something through the bushes right, be- right behind me. And it was a camera. And I was like, oh my God, oh. I'm talking to somebody. So I was like, hey, cousin it. Like I was trying to like cover up. Oh, wow. What I was doing. See, and it's so, and and that's one thing that's like really wild too, because you um you see a lot of in top model, uh the like fallout, um at the house from the things that happen within the competition. Whereas you know mm-hmm. in like Drag Race, we go back to a hotel and there's no cameras there. You know, it's like what happens in the workroom. It's what happens on the main stage, and. In the in like oh the, God, the world lucky. of drag, you know, yeah. So it's like we go back to the hotel and there's no cameras there. You know, we're uh alone Respected. in our room, just like chilling. And I I always say I'm like, I can't imagine what it would be like. Cause, Cause look, I've had some breakdowns in my hotel room, <laughs> but mm-hmm. there there are no cameras to catch that, you know, and, and I you're at least given the the privacy to like process like what's happening in like what the competition happening. and what's happening to you. And uh, that truly is, is a gift, you know, um, that I will say gift. I love about drag race that you at least have, even sometimes, even though we'll be like on set, sometimes really, really late and it may just only be a couple of hours that you're getting some sleep in that hotel room, but at least you do have that, that, that you know? private space that is your hotel room, you know, that is your, to just like go back to so I totally. can and I also can't imagine having to go through that um at 24 and being that like green and reality tv and having to process all these things in a crazy scenario where you really have no moment to be by yourself Ooh. and to like you mm-hmm. know recenter and refocus like it's just it's it's wild you know, uh, was still so new at that time too. So like, even to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I was green to it. I think the world was pretty green to it. I mean, even as a viewer, like, we really only had like five years. Real world, around. we had yeah. the real world. I mean, if we count world. like, yeah, exactly before that, but That's like, it. I mean, 
ABC with Survivor was really like the first time that oh, like Survivor. the big yeah. wor- like worldwide we were all like, oh, reality TV, this is a thing. And I felt like too in this period of time, they they there wasn't really like much of a morals clause going on with the way that reality TV was being produced. Like it was very much so like, we're going to see what we can get out of these people and see how far we can push them. Whereas like now there's been a lot that, you know, contestants have spoken out about their treatment, you know, from production and there's more accountability that's being held now, which I feel like affords, you know, uh, contestants, that go on shows like Drag Race, for example, to have like a little yeah. bit more of their dignity intact, even though, mm-hmm. you know, there's still some crazy uh, moments that happen in breakdowns we catch on camera, which then, you know, for many contestants do define them for a very, very long time after that. Well, there's also yeah, more diversity in the so world, true. too. You know, mm-hmm. like, That's I mean, true. there's more people of color sitting at the table, whereas I'm sure back then there's probably only white and, men sitting there mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, let's let's cut this black girl's hair off and yeah. like, you know, like just talk to her like it's not a big deal. And it's like, if there was probably a woman of color at that table, maybe those white yeah. men wouldn't have made A, B or C models those go through that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Cause I think about drag yeah. race and it's a lot of queer people, a lot of women, a lot of people of color. It's like a really, it's like, um, I feel like we go filming that show. is like going into like, uh, Willy Wonka's, like chocolate it's it's just like a wonderland in there which is amazing and like top model it's very like uh network um like prime time networky yes you know white corporate america yeah um, entertainment capitalism that yeah you know i think like deep down they aren't like let's make these people want to kill themselves afterwards it's more the which ends up happening right like how many have committed suicide but Mm -hmm. um it's more of just like money like yeah what ratings how you know like it's Mm -hmm. um just bring in the ratings because then we get more money and we can Uh hire more people bigger better ego you know yeah and uh you know rupaul is RuPaul is the head of Drag Race. Like, if anybody knew, you know, what it's like to come up um, yeah. right there. You oh. know, Tyra Banks, and I don't want to, I'm not saying this to, to be mean, but this is, these are quotes that she has said. And the first one is like, you know, to Tiffany when she's screaming at her, right? From like, uh-huh. like, you don't know where I've been. You don't know where I came from. But then like on her, in her documentary, she's like, I was... First of all, she went to the all-girls school down the hill from uh, in Hollywood. Um, that's a mm-hmm. private, like, expensive school. Uh, she went with Christina, the friend that actually went and filmed me to send in the audition tape, oddly uh-huh. enough, right? Wow. Um, wow. Small world. Small world. And then she even told me about her in high, how she was in high school. But Tyra said in a quote in her documentary that was, um, I was so, I was, I was the popular girl. And I was so entitled that when I didn't win prom queen or whatever that it was called, mm-hmm. um, I was so pissed. Wow. Like, wait, like what's going on here? Like what's happening? I, I'll tell you this just cause let's just do it. Um, uh-huh. my friend Christina who went to school with Tyra said that there were two, uh, they were the two beautiful black girls. And it was Tyra Banks and then her best friend. Her best friend was actually lighter than her and mm-hmm. was way prettier than her. This is just wow. from a, somebody that's, you know, uh-huh. that went there. 
and said that the best friend got into like drugs or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I told Tyra that during my audition and she didn't give me any answers. She like, she just moved on. Like, I was like, is that true? Like, is that, she didn't answer. She just answered. She asked me another question. And so I wanted to know what she thought about that. What my friend told me, you know, was that, that friend one-on-one with her. No, that was the one where I was in front of all of them at the panel. Like when I is this like during in. the casting process? Oh, got you, got you, got you. Mm-hmm. With that like gray sweatshirt with like the, <laughs> the leather, I think, that are like across it. Yeah. Um, no, but so my my first one-on-one with Tyra, I asked her, I didn't ask her a question about herself, which is what we were supposed to do. And uh. I asked her about her modeling. I asked her a question about uh, Will Smith and what it was like to work with Will Smith because Will Smith is my favorite actor of all time. Mm-hmm. And she kicked me out. Which I don't like that she kicked you out because I would also ask the same question if I was in the room with somebody. I yeah. always ask like the Maxwell in the back of Maxwell's brain questions. Like I would be I would ask the same thing. I would be like, why ice cream? Like out of all yeah. the things in the world to ask Tyra, I'd be like, so what's your favorite flavor of ice I, cream I, now that you're a smice cream? You know? Or Yeah. Like, so Yeah. I felt that. I felt that in my spirit when you were like, what's it like working with Will Smith? So I can't believe I mean, you out. Maybe it wasn't well, a positive experience. Maybe you triggered her. Maybe I triggered her, but like for, <laughs> she said, at the moment, out. she said that's not at your the job. Moment, I had, I did interviews prior to that. And when you're standing uh-huh. in front of them, when you first do the audition in front of like all the panel, like it was Jay. I remember every, every time I'm in there and they do a cutout to like, uh, they stream the camera to Jay. He's always rolling his eyes at me. And I'm like, why is he doing that? Like, anyway. Um, but I remember I was, I had, they were like, what is your favorite thing about like, or maybe it was just in uh, like when they're interviewing me, but I always said, I never, I'm straight authentic. You aren't going to get a different answer from me. Mm-hmm. So all through casting, um, the question was like, why did, why, why do you love Tyra? And I was always like, because I watched her on, on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they're like, but you're a model and she's a model. I'm like, I know, I know that, but to me, like in the modeling world, my favorite, like to me, she was just, of course she's going to be successful. Look at her. She looks like a goddess. Uh-huh. To me, I didn't look at, I never looked at her as someone who paved the way for black models. Uh-huh. Um, I said the person in my eyes that did that in my modeling career, when I looked up to models like, you know, Claudia Schiffer and, and Turlington and, Leticia mm-hmm. Acosta and you know like Bridget Hall like all of those um and Evangelista snap um to yes. me it was Naomi because not only had I met her before and like she's she was so funny but like hello that Michael Jackson video oh god um, that was my desert. first introduction to Naomi that was you know? literally yeah uh yes and then also Michael what George Michael I was like what to me because she was such a dark dark black model to me like and she was so um uh defined like her body was made out of like art you know yeah to me and maybe that was offensive I didn't mean it to be mean I just to me like Tyra looks like a black Barbie and then Naomi to me looks like art yeah that make sense yeah she looks like a sculpture so when I went into cycle five I was always like Tyra's rad because she she um, crossed over to acting and she's 
fucking on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's like the yeah. coolest thing ever, too. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, and honestly, I loved her on that. And and it's funny that you you listed both of my first references to both of the models being the Michael Jackson um, uh, trapped in the or out of the closet video. Uh, yes. and then the and oh. then uh, Tyra oh Banks God. on uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, mm-hmm. Naomi was also on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. She was, yes. Oh my gosh! And one, I think like season two, she was one of uh, Will's dates, so she was even on there season before. One, oh, season one. I was curious if maybe the reason it was triggering was because Naomi was on it more than Tyra was. She I was. Think. I forgot about that. Wait, Naomi Ty- was on it longer. No, she was only on a one-off episode. I was mistaken. I yeah, thought. she was only on a one-off. She had a date See, with Will, uh, but that was in the very first season. You know, she didn't have, like, a standing relationship with him the way Tyra did. Tyra had, like, multiple episodes. And yeah, I remember she had a whole story time, arc. I was like, yeah. So I respected her for those reasons, and those are the reasons that I said I respected her. So uh-huh. when I went in there and I asked her about Will Smith, I was like, it's not like a new thing. Like, I'm sure you guys have it written down somewhere that like, I yeah. said that, you know, uh-huh. so I was shocked that she, that she kicked me out. And I was like, maybe they're just trying to get a reaction out of me and trying to get me to cry or something. But like, uh-huh. I don't also like fangirl. <laughs> like, I'm not someone that goes, yeah. you know, even like when I saw Naomi Campbell for the first time in New York, I was like 20 or something. I was like, Naomi Campbell, you're in front of me. And I'm just Lisa D'Amato and I just have to say hello. And she's like, darling, like she's so sweet. And so, you know, I just, I'm not somebody that would ever, um, like in casting to the whole thing that we're supposed to do is like, okay, guys, when Tyra comes in, make sure to like run and scream like, Okay. Uh, Now, now we all know that there was direction because we were just like, "Damn, everybody is always so excited and lit when Tyra walks in the room." Okay, we're okay. I'm sure there was some genuine response, but to know that that you were poked because I was like, I mean, (laughs) even if Tyra walked in the room in front of me, I don't know if I would. Like blood curdling scream. scream. <laughs> yeah, like like that, like fall over, cry, like because that's how cause wasn't it cycle three when we were talking about it with Evan Ross Cat. Uh-huh. And he said that when we were like, Oh, they were overreacting. They they were poked, but they really, you know, they wanted to be just like her. You know, they yeah. thought that the show was gonna make them just like her. So they w- I'm not lying when I say this. Like, yes, they they were told to do it because we're filming and we don't uh-huh. know that she's about to come in. You know, they need yeah. to tell us that. Um, mm. But like the girls legit, like, and it was very awkward for me because I wasn't a fan of the show, not to be mean, yeah. but like, I didn't know the mm-hmm. way this goes. Like, for instance, um, I think it was like Brie. She was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be like the next Camille with my own signature walk. And I was like, who's Camille? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? So these girls like knew uh-huh. the other girls from past seasons because they were fans of the show. So I'm in this whole casting process being like, yeah, I haven't really watched the show, but like I, everyone tells me I do great. And so yeah. I believe I will too. So mm-hmm. let's do this. That's really fun though, that you didn't watch the show, especially at that point. Cause I'm sure by then a lot of the girls were auditioning for the show too. Yeah. To just be, yeah. Uh-huh. Time. Yeah. Cause we talked to girls that tried, uh, we talked to like Shandy and April and they were like, most of them had never seen April had said she saw the first cycle, but uh-huh. the other girls were like, 
I just did it because somebody told me to. Yeah, Shandy, so. Mercedes, they were like, they said, yeah, they had like friends that were like, go out and audition for this show. And they were like, um, well, Shandy okay. was season two. Shandy was season two. Yeah, so and so is Mercedes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so, right. But like, as you go, if you keep interviewing people, there are fans of the show. Like, the, the yeah. contestants are full fans. Like, they knew who they wanted to be like, like when they mm-hmm. got in the house, you know? And I was just like in casting and I'm not trying to be mean because these girls knew what they were doing and I didn't. Okay. So uh-huh. let's say that they, they were on a mission to be super successful of their, of what they were going to put out there for the perception of their character on television. Right. So like they mm-hmm. were preparing of who they wanted to be on the show because in casting, a lot of them were one way. And then as soon as we moved in the house, I was like, who the fuck are you? You know? Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about, Lisa? And I'm like, wait, what? You know, like what? Nick, the Stepford came... wives. That is so creepy. <laughs> like Nick, Nick was, um, and I love Nick. So I don't want, uh-huh. this isn't this, you know, we're talking 15 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like in casting, Nick was a very lesbian um, her name wasn't, she didn't go by Nick. I don't remember what it was now. Okay. And then when we got research. in the house, she's like, call me Nick. And also don't mention that I'm gay. And I'm like, okay. You know? And then it was almost like that with every single one. I had to like. Reintroduce yourself to them. Yeah. And I was still just me. Like I didn't, cause I didn't. Tyra before going on the show, she was like, you really should watch the show. And I was like, well, why would I? Because I, to me, I was like, well, I've already gotten this far, you know? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I think they liked my genuine reactions and they weren't even trying to act or be a character. Yeah. So in the same way, I was like that, which they loved, but it also worked against me, I think, also in a lot of ways. Because, like, for instance, you know, Brie was like, what are you doing? Like, you know that they're filming you, right? Like, why would you keep doing that? And I'm like we were told with our contracts that we couldn't talk to anybody about production or with each other. You know, we can't talk about production mm-hmm. at all, or they could sue us for millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So there was no way I can communicate with, I thought that I wasn't allowed to talk to the girls about what they were doing to me in my private interviews. Cause uh-huh. it was deep. It was about trauma. Uh-huh. I just assumed that maybe this was happening to them too. And uh-huh. like we were all just on our own trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, so like nobody knew what was going on with me. You know, so they probably like Brie was like, and I was like, this is, I'm in my own, like I was in fight or flight and like, nobody could stop me from doing anything. You know, yeah. like you could tell me to do anything, but you have no fucking clue what's going on in, in what's happening to me. And you're all turning against me. I think even when I was like on the phone crying to my husband, to my boyfriend at the time, I was hyperventilating because I so desperately wanted to tell him what was happening to me, but I knew the contract didn't allow me to. So like I was literally like I felt like my heart was going to burst because yeah. I couldn't tell him what was happening. Actually like happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like And then they and film when, that and put it everywhere. And it's like and when you're on the phone with like someone like a loved one who like knows that something's wrong and they know that there's something that you can't and, and it's it, it it's a hard place to be in. And I can only imagine like how much anxiety that that would cause, especially knowing that you're also being filmed at the same time. Oh, so hard. You know, you're off your sleep. I wasn't sleeping. I was a rocker at that time. Still uh, trauma rocking. Do you know anybody who rocks? They go like this when they sleep. Oh, no. I was a rocker back then, still with all my trauma. And I was rocking like crazy all night. I wasn't sleeping for like two months. 
um it was really sad they saw that and they don't care you know wow how were you with the jet lag when you guys went to um london did that was that kind of like hard for you as well um when we went to london um like I just knew that either I was getting eliminated because I was going against what I was supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't calming down. Uh, and sleep was horrible. I was every, everyone was exhausted and tired and stressed out. And, um, but I was so excited to be there. Uh, it was so wild. They had the bombs in London at that time. Do you remember? Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. bombing. Yeah. So the the final runway ended up being in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I was first eliminated when we got to London, and I I knew that it was because um, I pissed in the diaper at the Wild Boys photo shoot, mm-hmm. and so I just knew that they're punishing me for sticking up for myself. And then that was that was, and then I was gone. Um, I was gone quarantined. Too soon, mind you. Oh, thank you. I agree. Um, you know, at that point, I just knew this whole thing was just a shit show, but like, you know, obviously we all loved it, you know, because of the fashion and it was like a fairy tale of, of makeup and, and, and photography and beauty and fashion. And, you know, it was, it's so glamorous, but it's, it's really like, uh, the process of going through it. It's such a double-edged sword and it's still something. Cause that was like my very first, um, introduction first impression to the public arena and so for me I'm so glad that people saw through and saw like my fun loving personality because I love having so much fun and I was like yeah they're gonna I'm gonna fight till death to still be fun and so like it's harder for them to make me the bitch they knew that that's what they were trying to do um uh, yeah so now what I'm I'm just trying to flip the script a little bit you know and let everybody know the real me because that nobody wants to listen to you afterwards because if you yeah. try to even talk about it mm-hmm. um you're 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 just jealous because you didn't win you're doing this for attention uh I'm a drug addict that just needs money um oh great this cat this crack horse talking again you know like you oh yeah the they things. always yeah the trolls they do but you know what hold you down they they will they will absolutely we'll try, try. <laughs> well Driver, look yeah. um i have absolutely enjoyed discussing cycle five but let's take a quick break and when we come back let's see what you've been up to since your time on cycle five of top model we'll be right back Right, we are back with top model contestant Lisa D'Amato. Now, we are so excited to have you on the show today, Lisa. You are a top model legend. You went on to All Stars and you yeah. brought home the crown. Um, we say crown, you know, because we bring home crowns at Drag Race. So, you know, 
<laughs> we, no, we, we, I love it. we label everybody a queen here at uh, Wanna Be On Top. Um, but yeah. you've also gone on to name, to make quite a name for yourself uh, as a CEO and inventor. Um, you came back and also did uh, some guest appearances on Cycle Six with Janice um, and a couple of episodes of the British Invasion. Too. What was it? What was it like to be uh, brought back uh, for those lessons? Um. Well, when I came back with Janice after first season six to teach the girls how to model, I thought that was hilarious. Top model, um, you know, because I didn't I'd win imagine. cycle five, and also like I was torn apart the whole time because my modeling uh, was threatening, you know. But I didn't. It just is funny, right? It's ironic. Um, and then when I went back for the college and uh, the British invasion and writing the songs for the girls, um, mm-hmm. for me, it was all about like, I knew that I'm not in the house and I know that like, you know, they, they, they can't like manipulate me or anything. Right. Like yeah. I'm going in there to sign for residuals and get paid and like go mm-hmm. in there for a gig. And so, you know, everything that is top model for me in particular, if it offers any type of opportunity, I'm going to, you know passion as much as I can get because you know they've made so much money and my slanderous like character is just on repeat forever and I did that to myself for free through them um so I'm always just like any way that I could make an extra buck to put in my kids like savings account for them Mm -hmm. I'm like let's do it that's how I thought you know when I went yeah um and then um yeah I think I answered yeah. Well, on the subject of kids, you um yeah. you are an inventor and you went yeah. on another really pop in reality TV show Shark Tank to pitch a I product did. and Barbara Corcoran backed you. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about your amazing product? Sure, and thank you for the opportunity. Um I created a five-in-one food storage unit with an airtight seal that is also a divider bowl, a food catcher, and a bib. And it also comes with a sliding spork um, through the back. It's dishwasher safe, microwave safe, and it also has the longest lifespan of any product in any of its territories. Usually it's um, one year to six months, and my product is six months to seven years plus. So I eliminate all the mystery space. It's food grade silicone. It's the kids really love it because they feel like they are self-sufficient. And, you know, um, my favorite part about it is you can now feed your kids with ease on the go multitasking. Mm -hmm. And um, when you feed your child, you face each other, right? So you're closed off to the world. And now what I've done with my product and with my own kids having this product is I've opened up our mealtime um, to the world. Like, you know, they could be daydreaming, uh, looking out the window while we're driving. And I have, you know, I'm keeping a close eye in the rearview mirror. And, uh, it, you know, their imaginations can go and they can, like another great place for Dare You Go is like, we go to the beach and, um, you know, they see a dog run by, they want to pet the dog, but they're eating. And like, you can just slap it over so no, uh, um, you know, sand or, or sand yeah. gets in it, mm-hmm. or you can seal it for later you know um it's just such a it's such a wonderful product and since I have started this product brought this thing in my mind <laughs> this idea made it into a tangible product now we're in 20 countries uh wow there's other countries that are seeking my product but because I'm I mean I'm seeking another manufacturer in the United States 
because mm-hmm. we were manufactured in a very ethically run manufacturing plant, learning more about climate change and all that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I don't want to contribute to that. So um, I'm, uh, we're just making sure that all of our suppliers at this very moment have enough um, inventory like mm-hmm. our Amazon and all that. And then uh-huh. I'm in the, I'm in the, in the middle of finding a new manufacturer in the United States. so We can be made in the United States. And then I can go straight into whole foods because that was the one thing that they, they really only like to carry uh, products that are made in the United States, which I mm-hmm. think is really cool. So I'm like, okay. Um, so we're, we're shifting, you know, the business yeah. a little bit, which is great. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just so uh, fulfilling, you know, yeah. to know that I always knew I was going to be an inventor. And so knowing that like <laughs> it happened, the wild that thing you like, manifested you know, it. Yes. I manifested it. But what's wild is my partner is from Canada. She was one of Tyra's biggest fans. She, Tyra flew her out to like go on the Tyra show uh-huh. to be her, uh, just to talk about like how, she, you know, uh, uh, Tyra Banks is such an inspiration to her and then Tyra gave her her childhood teddy bear and then Emily my partner gave it to my son so my son actually has Tyra Banks's childhood teddy bear that's wild Isn't that weird? <laughs> and how old it's are your so kids bizarre. Lisa Daxel is uh he just turned eight and then Dennis he just turned five and I'm just like so obsessed with my boys um, yes so obsessed. They're so beautiful. I I couldn't be more happy to be the mother that I never had to my own children. That's so beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you. That's got to be yeah, so healing. Mm-hmm. It is so healing. And I also find like little things like my son having Tyra Banks' childhood teddy bear through the grapevine. <laughs> of life. I'm like, that's some type of weird symbolic nonsense yeah. you know <laughs> wild but um yeah this it's it's been a wild ride and like with all stars like i said that's a whole nother bag of beans um well, we'll have but to bring how, you on like, and talk to you about that when we get closer to Psycho Oh, yeah. We will definitely <sighs> give you a call. Well, honestly, we right, we've <laughs> been we've been sailing through these seasons of Top Model. I mean, this is our first episode of Cycle 5, but I mean, I I feel like we still just started this podcast and we are already on Cycle 5. On like, five. Right? Good job, you guys. <laughs> oh, thank like, you. Like Tyra, <laughs> we are cranking these out. We're cranking yeah. these cycles out, baby. No yes. breaks. I think it's great because you're you guys are really educating people on reality television and how um on a social level, how we should be more responsible of knowing what we are perpetuating as like the audience. Yeah. You know, like ethically mm-hmm. to learn behind the scenes. I think it's really smart. So thank you for even allowing me to share my story. Oh, you know, absolutely. when people go People go, Lisa, get over it. Like, stop talking about top model. I'm like, first of all, I am over it. I'm successful. I'm <laughs> like, yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, or people would, people would, people would listen to you, maybe, Lisa, if you weren't an alcoholic bitch. And I'm like, okay, that was 15 years ago. Okay, yeah. You guys need to listen and stop, mm-hmm. like, you know, telling me what I am because you have no idea who I am. Um, it's it's a it's a huge part of like my life like i'm allowed yeah. to talk about it whenever absolutely. i want to absolutely um, nobody's gonna tell me how much i can feel or or when or whatever about it you know I'm uh-huh. like, this is my life i know about it you don't 
So mm-hmm. if you want to listen to, if you have questions, I'm, d- I'm down to answer them, but to just then say, no, Lisa, you're wrong. Or you think you know who I am, or you understood what happened there. You don't. So yeah, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Trust totally. me, you know? So well, thank you it, so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. And it's funny rewatching this too, because like, you know, just knowing that you are a bit older and how much experience you had, like I could see like, especially with the editing, how you, it, you really were trying to help. Yeah. Like, there's a part where you say you were like, I want this to be the best damn cycle ever. Like I mm-hmm. want to, pr- basically you were trying to be a producer. Like <laughs> yeah. you really were trying to be like, you really were trying to be like, no, no, oh. no, you need to do this show better because I'm going to come into the show and do it a hundred percent. And you girls are like, not. So you should yeah. try a little harder. Let me help you. And they were like, yeah. Just telling me. They're like, fuck you, we're gonna listen to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this experienced bitch doesn't know anything. I'm 19. I know it all. Right. I'm from or Wichita, Kansas. Like, or they're like, she's gonna guide us to do something wrong so that she looks better. And I'm like, that's something that they're the producers are telling you. I would never uh-huh. do that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I I they're like, but you still wanna win. I was like, Well, yeah, but I want yeah. to, I wanna win knowing that the girls did their best, best. you know. And see, that's a, and that's, that's the making of it. That's a, that is the sign of a true bad bitch. And, and, and it's like an insecure, like somebody who is secure and who they are and like what they offer and what they bring can't compete and like embark upon these challenges while also wanting to like build up their competitors and like show other women being successful and doing well. Like you can have both, you know, like I really wanted that. I really did. So thank you so much. Cause I've been called every name in the book forever. It's so nice to like be heard and like people actually listen, like listening to me. Um, thank you because I swear like people who have no idea who I am, the people who do know who I am watched the show and they had to turn it off because it broke their heart what they did to me. Yeah. It's, it's hard. As someone who doesn't even know you as someone who is a fan of the show, who just went in and was watching you, you know, um, in my late teens, you know, as someone who, like I said, was really susceptible to reality television editing. I still was just all like, this is not, she's not, she's being poked like i yeah. just i was like the, I, I was like i don't know it why it is yeah it just you know and i feel like the people who truly get it and truly know they see and i think that that's also why you know when you're like i don't know why i was brought back for season six to teach about modeling because it was very apparent regardless of the edit that you're a really talented model you know the viewers know that and the fans know that. And Janice uh, knew it. Janice knew it too. So, and it, you know it's, what's sad is, is that it ended after that. Like my whole modeling career, like it all just that went part, down the tube. That part you know? really kills me. We've heard that from several past contestants who many were told like you were on reality tv so modeling is not you need to just stick to reality television because this industry is actually not trying to hire reality yeah. tv stars <laughs> yeah yeah you know and it's just heartbreaking because i'm just like there are so many talented models that came through 
this franchise and you know there's been so many different experiences for so many um, of the women and it, it it's always frustrating when and I feel like it's like kind of like the same thing too with like drag race because we have some really passionate fans like there are people who I know and I still watch their edit on the show and it feels in many ways like true but it's just a heightened version of a certain side of them and People just tear into them. They're like, she's so overconfident. She's co-. like, for instance, Candy Muse mm-hmm. from this past season. They're like, she's cocky mm-hmm. and she's overconfident and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, she has like literally the biggest heart and has actually just been through a lot of things in her life that she has put up, you know, strength in order to help her, you know, manage her anxieties and push through the situation. And I'm like, it kills me that people don't see that, that they just see you know, they want to focus con- in yeah. on the negative. And it's so important, I feel, to constantly remind people who, for some reason, are misunderstood um, by the fandom that there are people out there that do see you for the amazing artists so that you are. Um, I think culture, thank you. I appreciate that. And also, I felt like the same way, like when they would interview me and I could tell that they're trying to like cut me down or they're about to, or like I'm going into fight or flight because I know something's about to happen to me again and I'm going to get triggered. I would say things like that, like, I'm beautiful, like, I am so talented, and I'd say things out loud to affirm myself and to bring uh-huh. that, like, um, that that uh, rock in my throat, like, to calm yeah. it down, because you know that you're about to get emotional, and they'll get those parts, and then they'll put them out, you know, it is, mm-hmm. it is, it is wild, it is wild. Yes. So what, what is up next? What are your plans for the ever-evolving enchantress inventor mm-hmm. artist pole gymnast so, mother pole dancing legend so thank you oh my god yes i'm a pole, I <laughs> yeah. political pole dancing video <laughs> yes you know i fight for social justice and um you know i do i i'm i'm a i'm an eco mom i like to try to teach the ways of like reduce recycle reuse or thrifting you know yes like eat healthy Food, our second brain is actually our digestive system. So like we have to like treat those both well because our bodies are an engine. Um, and then I think one thing with Dare You Go, like I had mentioned, I'm, I'm switching the manufacturing plant to different countries, but um, we're in a huge licensing deal with a huge company that basically is like a dream come true. So I'm in the middle of that right now with attorneys and mm-hmm. patent offices. Amazing. And, you know, everything's like, my emails are just attorney, 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 attorneys all the time. Uh, so I'm a boss ass bitch. Yes. And then the next thing is like, I have a whole nother version of um, another product that is uh, really exciting. I can't talk too much about. So it's just on the inventor uh, businesswoman tips. That's that. And then I also own a smoke shop, a very influential, a very influential smoke shop where we sell Kratom and like a lot of cannabis glass, like water pipes, hand pipes, things like that. A lot of like um, medical grade, food grade, um, cannabis, silicone pipe type things. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that I, I love and I'm really proud of is that we offer healthier solutions to vices, right? Yeah. So like if you are dealing with chronic pain and you don't necessarily want to be on pharmaceuticals we offer something like kratom or like if people are addicted to cigarettes and tobacco we'll offer them hemp cigarettes like i'm trying to change the game to make people healthier because when Mm -hmm. people are healthier with themselves 
they're encouraged by the difference of the way that they feel, which means that absolutely the people around them better, which means that they're having healthier relationships and like every, in just my own therapy Uh and my own, like it's emotional, but like for my healing, um, learning all the ways of how to be the best me, um, to have a healthy life and to, you know, um, switch, like stop the cycle of abuse within my own, um, life and to, change my life around and change my kids life around and make them, you know, contributing uh, members of society and to the world. And like, that's my biggest focus. So it's, it's very frustrating, even with this like slanderous character that top model created for me, it's made my fight for social justice and to do these things that I'm so passionate about to pay forward. Like no one believes me that they're um, valid or Mm -hmm. um, that they aren't motive driven for other Mm -hmm. reasons. So it's, it's, it's devastating on the regular for me because, you know, people think that I've, I've, I fight for social justice for my own attention, for acclaim. And I'm like, when you come from so much pain and, and abuse and trauma, yeah. the last thing you would ever want to do is like to cause that for anybody else. And you actually like want to help people. It's like a, you know, it's a known thing. Yeah. You do yeah. As trauma survivors. So I guess, um, you guys, I'm getting my period today. I know it. My are <laughs> yeah. so bad. Um, but um, you know, uh, what I'm trying to do so bad is like wa- trying to like walk into the pain that is the trauma of top model, even at this moment with my TikTok. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, Adam, my husband's like, you know, Lisa, you're gonna just hurt yourself. Like, people are gonna come and attack you. And like, I think that you you you're so happy. Like, we live a beautiful life. And I'm like, but I still want to be online. Like, I still mm-hmm. love. I'm such a creative person and like my dreams got destroyed Adam. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm telling mm-hmm. my husband I'm like I didn't get to do anything that I thought so destined I was meant to do so like mm-hmm. the only way that I can actually like be so happy and proud of who I am in my skin and for my own kids is to be my own hero yeah so I'm trying to like change and flip the script of the perception of me yeah so like on everyone go to my tiktok like I'm sprinkling a little like dust and I'm I'm basically trying to reintroduce myself and face this pain straight on that is brought to me through the fandom and um, hopefully bring on a bunch of other girls from top model that are too scared to even like get on social media, you know, like they can't even take it. Like Alicia white. Are you kidding? She's like, I want to check for my pain and suffering. Nobody fucking talk to me about top model again. I'm triggered as fuck. Like I'm still dealing with it. Like anytime someone brings it up, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. Like yeah. a lot of the girls, this is our life, you know? Yeah. And so if I can help anybody else, you mm-hmm. know, like Gina Turner, cycle 24. Yeah. Um, you know, she was, she was tortured in her, yeah. cycle, like tortured. Um, so if I can show that I have the strength to face fandom, Mm-hmm. and not allow people to gaslight me to silence mm-hmm. then I think that um it'll pave the way for so many others to finally heal absolutely you know yeah. like just on TikTok just over the weekend I did a live mm-hmm. and I was like you guys I had 600 people on there in like 10 minutes it was mm-hmm. awesome yeah um but I was like you guys go to your bitch on whatever season whatever and go send them a virtual hug because yeah. us bitches from top model we 
are tortured online. You know, yeah. like Jade is not, she's great. She's not actually a horrible mean person, you know? And like mm-hmm. people just destroy her. And it's same for I me. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. See, hearing that too. That? Uh, no, I did not. Like I, to me, Jade is an icon, legend, legend. biracial right. butterfly well, guys, star. Uh, it, yes, it breaks my heart. It. It, love... it breaks my heart. But you, yeah. like, yeah, I appreciate. Thank you for seeing, thank you for seeing us. I appreciate yeah. that. That's you really guys beautiful. are such superstars. And I just, Thank I'm you. so glad that, like, you know, we could have you on today to have this conversation for you to just open up and share your truth. And hopefully, in so many ways, that this can help exactly what you are saying you want to do is shift people's pers- perception of That's you. Because me. I hope all of our listeners out there love Lisa as much as. Maxwell and I do. I hope that we all Thank share you, the same feelings. Of course. I, I mean, if you're listening it. to this, send Lisa some love. Yeah, She's send Lisa other, some hugs. Send Lisa some love. Watch her pole dancing. Yes. You know, I recorded three albums. Like I've done like I've done so many things that like nobody yes. cared about through the years and it was devastating. So like all I want to do now, like obviously I'm not thinking, you know, I don't want to like go nuts and be like, you know. Somebody give me a show. Like, fuck Tyron dancing in the Put me there. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I just want to be able to have fun and make fun TikToks through yeah. my life journey, include my sons and things, and people being like, that's cool, Lisa. Instead of just being like, you crack whore, you know? Like, yeah. it'd be nice just to We got to move past fun. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tell all of our listeners um, where they can find you online, your TikTok, IG. Sure. Um, uh, IG, I'm Lisa underscore D'Amato, D-A-M-A-T-O. Um, uh, TikTok, I'm the same, Lisa underscore D'Amato. Twitter, I'm just at Lisa D'Amato. No underscore, just Lisa D'Amato. And then um, my website, LisaD'Amato.com. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And then DareYouGo.com is my website. There, it's just the letter U, so it's D-A-R-E-U-G-O.com. Yes, and there you go. Thank you so much, Lisa. (laughs) And thank you, everybody at home, for listening. Um, Remember, if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me or our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen, and make sure to rate and review the show because it helps us grow. I'm Shay Coulee. <laughs> and I'm Max Wasposito. Uh, and, and I'm Lisa D'Amato. Thank you for having me. Yes. And as always, the question remains, want to be, be on top? Want to be on top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Want to be on top? Forever. Dog. To listen to Want to be on top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Wanna be on top? It's produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 